This episode is sponsored by Aura. Every once in a while, a product comes along that changes everything. And that product is Aura. Aura is an easy-to-use app that includes everything families need to protect their identities, money, passwords, devices, and more. It's really easy to set up and has everything you need. So you don't have to download seven separate apps to get things like parental controls, antivirus, ID theft, and transaction monitoring, and more. You get everything at one affordable price. What makes Aura different, you say? It's simple to set up. It protects against today's and tomorrow's threats, and with parental controls to let your kids explore the internet safely, filter harmful sites, apps, and manage screen time easily. Online safety for today's digital safety. It's tech that grows with you and your family. Browse safely, surf smartly, Aura comes packed with all the tools you need to protect you and your family from the online threats you can't see. Our listeners will get a 14-day free trial of Aura for individuals, couples, or their family by going to Aura.com slash potential. That's Aura, spelled A-U-R-A, dot com slash potential. Once again, get your first 14-day free trial of Aura by going to Aura.com slash potential. Protect what's important. Proactive protection for your assets, identity, family, and tech across every device. And remember, know your potential. This episode is sponsored by Nero. Do you ever constantly feel like you're falling behind and can never catch up and the stress and anxiety are taking over? Are you used to being productive and efficient But lately, you've been feeling sluggish and unable to stay focused for more than a few minutes at a time? Looking for an alternate choice to cut back on those energy drinks and giant cups of coffee? Then we've got the choice for you. Try Neuro. Neuro is a brand of gum and mints used to energize, calm, and focus whenever you need it. Neuro was developed by former athletes training at the highest level who didn't want to take mysterious supplements or energy drinks when studying, training, or going out. Instead of something sugary and ineffective, they wanted to create clean, balanced energy that could be taken anywhere, anytime. With thoughtfully curated ingredients and endless lab testing means that you can reach the right state of mind safely and consistently. Get that clean burst of energy and focused without the effects of coffee or energy drinks. It's a smart way to fuel body and mind, stay in the zone, avoid the jitters and crashing. Our listeners will get an automatic discount of up to 20% off on any gum or mint products using our link, tryneurogum.com slash potential. That's tryneurogum.com slash potential. Once again, that's tryneurogum.com slash potential. Order now. Get that clean burst of energy and focus. And remember... Know your potential. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum, this is The Potential Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Potential Podcast. This is Taylor Sokol, your host, one of them actually, and then my co-host, friend, and better-looking fellow, 
Chris Dewar. Uh, oh my gosh, good to have you back here, Chris, and another big episode. How are you doing, man? How's uh, how's life? Yeah, life is good. I mean, it's and we're about to hit that big summer season of movies. Um, I mean, it always feels like some movies come out in spring and it kind of hits it early, but yes. And you know, speaking of exciting time, pretty excited about our guest today. Oh, um, hugely. This is this is very exciting uh, for numerous reasons. One main one is because we are you know didn't realize how much of a fan we are of their entire body of work. Uh, most recently, you know, very excited with you know Chris and I've done a deep dive on a lot of uh, projects and amazing shows. We got to enjoy uh, the Sopranos, and most recently, um, gotten you into the Taylor Sheridan verse of Yellowstone, and now one of his other creations, Tulsa King. And so today's performer we have today is has been in the industry for so long. It's actually kind of crazy. Last year was the 30th anniversary of the film Newsies. And this was his film debut. Uh, since then, he has had roles in Doogie Howser, uh, The Sopranos, Warwick Empire, Vinyl, Crow. He was the voice of Daxter in the Jack and Daxter video game series. And most recently in Netflix's Kaleidoscope and Tulsa King. So excited to have this amazing performer on the show today. Please welcome to the show, Max Casella. Well, we're so thrilled to have Max Casella here on the podcast. Welcome, Max. It's so such a joy to have you here. Thanks for having me. Now, I mean, you've had an incredible career and you're still working to this day and some really great projects. So we're going to get to those in just a, a little bit, but... um. I want to take you back to the first time most people would have seen you on the big screen. Uh, and can't believe that last year in 2022 would celebrate the 30th anniversary of a little film called Newsies, uh, a movie that I've loved since the first time I've seen it. And to think about the legacy of that film, uh, not only for the actors who have been in that film and some have gone off to some amazing things, but the film has become a Broadway musical. It's being produced all across the States now. Tell us about that project and what it's meant to you all these years later. Oh, uh, it, it was the first movie I ever I ever did, was in. So it was a big deal for me at the time, not to mention it was just, uh, just a huge period piece, back lot, you know, 1890s New York. Very exciting. Um, and then... Uh, you know, we all had high hopes for it. And then it, it really bombed badly at the box office Yeah, and then disappeared. No one even, no one even spoke about it and no one probably would have heard from it again, except I think through when the internet came around, people started to get together online and talk about it, you know, kids who are into the movie. And so that kind of helped, helped it build a bit of a um, following, but um which is a shock because the the movie really was uh, a flop. No one uh, saw it. Uh, I think it made like a million dollars or something like that for opening weekend. But um, so yeah, and now it's been on Broadway. And I mean, it just goes to show you, you never know what's what's going to happen and what's going to you're going to do something that affects people in a way, you know, and it affects people's lives. And you just don't know. Kind of the, kind of the joy of the business it's when you never know what's going to. Yeah, yeah. And take off. And yeah. it's it's crazy to think like those kind of situations have happened over the years with all these these films that at the time, you know, they weren't appreciated or, you know, as you said, just didn't do well at the box office. 
And then now we're seeing because of the internet, because of word of mouth and now streaming, yeah. it's becoming like all these new generations, right. um, like Newsies or Hocus Pocus, a lot of these yeah. films, it's it's kind of insane. Yeah, 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 for sure. No doubt. So, Did you get a chance to uh, see the show ever? Did you go see the Broadway yeah, show? Or? No, I was uh, opening night. I oh, went great. Opening night. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. I sat next to Kenny Ortega. Oh, yeah, nice. Crazy. Yeah, it was a weird experience. I have to imagine. Yeah, that's such a it's so crazy to think about that. But I love that it's become something quite celebrated and it's still celebrated to this day. Uh, rightfully so. It's, it's a little uh, diamond. Well, in the we, rough. Had a, I love we had a blast making it. I mean, it was a long time. It was like months of rehearsal and then months of production. And it was, may have been like six months of my life every day. So, um, and I made a lot of friends there and uh, we had a great time. Oh, and like I said, and to think about, you know, knowing, you know, Christian Bale and, and all these, these people like yourself who have gone on to this incredible career. I mean, you have a, such a huge cast of, you know, kids your own age and stuff like that. So that that have been, that's so surreal to do that. And then probably an emotional experience as you're seeing this and surreal that here on Kenny Ortega, I'm seeing you know, years later, this musical on stage. And I, and like, you never thought that probably would, that would, yeah, it was happen. a very weird experience. It was kind of like when I took my kids to see the Lion King and I hadn't yeah. seen it since maybe I left the show and seeing it affect them. It was a little bit like that. It was very strange. It was kind of moving, you know, kind of like, wow, uh, full circle. That was a long time ago. And now I'm hearing a lot, you know, I'm watching this performances and i'm hearing lines back to me that some of which i made up on the spot you know <laughs> you know 20, but yeah fun fun fact for those who don't yeah. know max got to play a timon i had, and, I had uh, lived a lot of my dialogue in newsies yeah but, there you uh, go yeah i played timon in the original company a line yeah. i was 25 years ago 25 years ago yeah, he's flying <laughs> oh, oh for sure it's we're, we're just saying ourselves uh chris and i on this podcast we known each other before this for over 10 years this year so it's like oh my gosh uh <laughs> can't believe um so but speaking about your you know incredible career you know from when you started to this day among all the roles that you've gotten to play you've got to play some wise guy mobster roles and movies and shows such as the sopranos warwick empire uh live by night and most recently kaleidoscope and tulsa king um you know coming back to these type of roles what if what is what is it about them or what have you found interesting about those roles when you, when you take on that performance? You mean gangster roles? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, I'm nothing. I take each part completely separate. Um, I don't really pay much attention to a genre. I, you know, each, mm. each character is completely different. Each script is completely different. I just, you know, I basically just uh, study my script. And I uh, get all my information from the text. You know, I just read it and read it and read it. And I ask a lot of questions to myself. And uh, um, I don't think of, you know, like, oh, this is a gangster genre. I have a certain idea or concept of what that is. Not at all. I mean, every character is uh, a lot of these guys. It's just their job, you know. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's not like mm -hmm. it's like you're playing a garbage man. You know, you're, you're playing a guy who's, who, you know, is into some uh, crit criminal activity but uh that's that's not the entire human being there so you know, there's a whole you know thing so i don't think about it in those terms you know every role is a completely different new story for me so that's what that's what interests me about you know characters well i love that and i love that the notion of we've seen i mean 
was Sopranos, uh, I think was one of the first ones I think I think of, you know, when it comes to that genre, you've had a lot of the movies where, you know, it's kind of the stereotypical kind of stuff. Sopranos being a long form television show really got to showcase the day to day life of a lot of these characters. And even though there's things in that show and other shows you've been a part of that kind of, you know, hit the hit the marks of what is kind of in the gangster genre, you really see a lot of humanity in these characters. And... I will say that I will say that the gangster character does give you a chance to sort of live vicariously through uh, people who just don't give a shit. Will just <laughs> do whatever they feel like doing, and we wouldn't the tough guy, yeah, like, fantasize yeah. about doing that. So that's kind of a fun thing about playing guys who like they you know live on the outside of society a little bit. They just do whatever the whatever the hell they want, you know. And I guess you know everybody would like to fantasize about. You know, punching somebody in the face because you feel like it, but you don't do it because you know, symbolized. Yeah. But you know, you gangsters will will just go do that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Something nice about yeah. it, something uh, attractive about that. Tell us about working on The Sopranos under David Chase and working with you know an incredible cast, the late James Gandolfini. I mean, that was such an iconic show, and I feel like we've had more of a driven kind of way to that with television shows now of these kind of more limited series or uh you know broad tv that really shows film and television are much closer now than they've ever been yeah. i think sopranos was definitely one that was a kicker for that so tell us about working on the sopranos um that was a great experience i mean i did that for a bunch of years between mm-hmm. like 2000 and 2000 i think six so like for six years and i came on into the third season I always felt kind of, you know, like I didn't belong there. You know, I just sort of felt like a poser. And I was, because the show was so good, you know, and I just didn't feel like I was legit. <laughs> Not from New Jersey or even New York. I'm from Cambridge, Massachusetts. I don't know anything about, it. you know, the gangster world. I don't know, you know, I didn't, wasn't raised with Italian-American culture, you know, at all. So I, I always felt like, I always thought like, they, you know, they were going to get rid of me at any time. And for whatever reason, I made it all the way through to the end, you know, without getting whacked. Yeah. Although I did take, take a few vicious beatdowns. <laughs> yes, but, you did. Uh, <laughs> um, and I gave a few, to be fair. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it was it was great. You know, they didn't give me a, a hell of a lot to do, but they kept me around. So I was employed steadily, pretty steadily. And I love being around all the people you know, the actors and people behind the, the camera. Um, certainly Jimmy Gandolfini is one of the great humans. I wish I got to do, work with him more one-on-one more. I, I got a few opportunities to do that, which was fantastic. But uh, no, it was great. I was much, much younger. It was like 20 years ago. So, you know, I was like, had a lot more insecurities and stuff. So I sort of felt a little bit, felt like I wasn't really, didn't have the right stuff to be on the show. So I didn't understand why they kept me around, frankly. Well, you did. You you certainly did. <laughs> yeah, I just I just did a full binge of Sopranos uh last year, straight through. <laughs> That's right. Awesome yeah, show. Wow. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. He had never watched it. And so we had I was like, Chris, you need to watch this yeah. show. And uh, we got to talk about it. Um but I think Max, that's awesome you bring that up. That that feeling, it's not a great feeling, but it does make you challenge yourself like the production side, but the casting side and, and the acting. 
you know, it does challenge you to give your best, your all and try new things and be daring. Cause you're like, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm going to work my hardest. So I feel like that yeah. kind of pushes you to just be more of a determined, hard working actor. Oh yeah, for sure. And I was going to acting class at the time. So I was studying acting. I went back to acting class in my thirties because I figured out like I f- didn't know what the hell I was doing and it just made me uh, anxious and insecure in my work. So while I was on Sopranos, I was in acting class and I was sort of getting confidence in class and learning some basic tools that I hadn't, even though I had been acting since I was 12 professionally, but and then I started to bring those tools into my work on the Sopranos and I started to see an improvement. So it was a big learning experience for me, I mean, it was a great experience. What can I say? I was very lucky to be a part of it. You know, talking to me, you've talked about David Chase and what, what a great show running creator. And I've gotten Chris now to become a little bit more aware of the universe that is unfolding that is Yellowstone. I've become a huge fan uh, since uh, Hell or High Water, Dave, Taylor Sheridan. Um, he's been dominating television yes. in the past couple of years. And Tulsa King, really enjoyed that okay. show. Um just so much fun and we, we enjoyed your role and I just, you know, just seeing with you and Stallone and everything just loved it. Looking at a show like Sopranos to now of the, you know, the level of, you know, television we're seeing, you know, as Chris said earlier, we're seeing this better quality in show. It's, it's more a film quality. Like you're seeing like each like 45 minutes to an hour, an episode, it's like a mini film. What do you think about that? And, and I want love to hear about your experience working on that, show with Sheridan and Stallone and yeah, all that. TV is now, uh, well, I'm not talking necessarily about network TV. I'm talking about more of, you know, the, the greater spectrum of like streaming shows mm-hmm. and big budget TV series. Mm-hmm. And they're really like long form movies now because the movie industry has changed out of all recognition from what I grew up with. And there used to be this huge, line in the sand between you're you're a film actor or you're a tv actor and you weren't really allowed Mm -hmm. to cross over if you were known as a tv actor you weren't allowed to cross over into movies unless there was some brilliant miracle thing that happens Mm -hmm. and likewise if a you know tv is where movie stars went to die you know at the end of their careers Mm -hmm. but now it's uh movies uh as far as the the theater movie theater experience is pretty much and i'm not saying anything everybody else hasn't said already it's either marvel movies or it's um horror or or a comedy or something like that but these sort of character driven you know middle middle budgeted movies are have, don't really exist that much anymore except on television and in a long form or a semi long form in the case of a limited series and the movie star has kind of been replaced by the superhero and the, mm-hmm. so a lot of movie stars are going to tv uh, streaming to get the good parts so it's been a complete paradigm shift in the last whatever it's been i don't know um few years anyway it's it's incredible and like like you know case in point like we have 1923 helen mirren and harrison ford and here on uh tulsa king stallone i would never like you see him in this you feel like i'm surprised he's not done more like this and it's like it doesn't feel out of place it's it's kind of epic to see on that scale he looked like he was having a good time that he hadn't had a role that good in years you know um so he he really uh I think, I mean, he had, he's been great in a lot of things, but I think he hasn't been that good in, in a long time. And, and and I think the material gave him a chance to show how 
terrific an actor he really is. He really is a phenomenal actor, you know, and uh, maybe he doesn't get enough credit for that because he did a lot mm -hmm. of action. I don't know, but yeah, the guy's an incredible uh, talent. So it was, it was intimidating to, to work with him at first. And then I quickly realized, you know, he's, he's a blue collar, hardworking guy who never forgot where he came from and he respects mm -hmm. hard work and he respects, you know, good work. So uh, he has little patience for any mm -hmm. bullshit, you know, doesn't <laughs> suffer fools at all. So you, as long as you bring your A game, you can get along fine. Yeah. You know, but he's a great guy. Well, he felt like an old, you know, a family member. He could have been an old uncle of mine or something. He's very, very comfortable around him, you know. That. I mean, it is a great it is a great meaty role for him because it is there's a there's a fun balance of there's enough kind of dark comedy in there as well, the fish out of water story, but everything with the right. the backstory of, of his family and the daughter and all this stuff. It gets us some some good yeah. dark territory and the show's just fantastic. Oh, yeah. It really it was something that I was like I I, I kind of read what the premise is, and then it was a show that I could not stop. It was, you know, once the first episode ended, I was like, on to the next. Where some shows you watch and you go, I'll, I'll get back to that. I'm okay with another week. I could not wait for the next week. <laughs> and actually, when the ninth episode aired, I thought there was going to be a tenth episode. So when it ended, there was, was going to be a tenth episode. We filmed ten episodes. Okay. Okay. Um, it was a lot cut out, and so they needed to put episode two and three together into one. Oh, I see. So oh, we had okay. nine, but then we shot 10 episodes. Oh, okay. There were 10. Yeah. Originally. That's why the press release said there was 10 oh, episodes. And then there were nine. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Some, you know, Post-production, some uh, snippety snippeties, <laughs> and uh, we just did a little Frankenstein I see, I see. as yeah, happens in, in the show business. So, but the, that's the reason. Without really giving any crazy details, I mean, do we have any teases towards season two? Is season two really going to be it? Is the show planning to be a two season of that's it kind of a show? Um, I have no idea what's going on. You're like, I just come to work <laughs> and that's it. I, no, I mean, uh, we wrapped the end of August. Okay. And I don't know what's going on with season two. I haven't heard anything. Okay. If I, if I, I'm not keeping anything from you. I just don't know. We know, we know it's like coming that. at some. I, point. I want to know more than yeah. anybody. Believe me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, with a coming. show like that too, uh, they, I think well, a lot of times uh, shows nowadays to, to, to keep secrets and stuff. Was this also a show where you guys would get the scripts for the entire episode, or was it you would get certain scenes? Yeah, we okay. always got. That. Yeah, we got we got okay, scripts right, for the whole thing. Right. Yeah, if you're like a regular on the show, you're one of the main characters. You know, you get all the scripts. But um, if you're guesting on shows, sometimes you won't. You know, um, The Sopranos, I never got the full script. I only got my pages. Okay. But then there would be a table read anyway, so you would you would hear it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, no, we we got we got full scripts. So it's not like Woody Allen it kind of okay. doesn't give you the script. Now, I did want to also talk about with you. You've got to do a fair amount of voice acting uh, for television and movies and video games. And we're both big gamers. And you were a very yeah. popular character for a big franchise, Jackson Dexter. Mm -hmm. It feels like I wanted to talk about what was the experience of kind of getting into that line of work. And we're seeing a big trend with a lot of these video game franchises. Consoles that are coming out that are new are constantly rehashing yeah. them to better graphics. 
And, you know, a lot of oh, franchises yeah. come back. You know, I don't know if another Jack Jackson Dexter was ever discussed to maybe, you know. I don't think I can do that voice anymore. <laughs> it's not any anymore. My voice dropped. It's like I, could, I don't think I could do it anymore. Um, that I did that. That was like uh, PlayStation mm-hmm, 2. Yeah. That, yep. But uh, no, I've been doing voiceover work since like around the 90s. A lot of time, like my acting career dried up around uh, 90, mid the mid 90s. And all I was doing, all I could get was voice work. So I did a, you know, Disney movie, straight to video, Little Mermaid 2. I did an animated TV, educational TV series and named called Crow. Around 2001, I was offered uh, to play to do Jack, to do Daxter, Jack and Daxter games. Uh, and that was just an offer out of the blue. I did a bunch of those for a few years. Wow. The money was phenomenal. And I had a great time. And then it just, you know, and I was doing also some commercial mm-hmm. voices, like, you know, talking um, cookies, Chips Ahoy, and stuff like that. And uh, mm-hmm. I was doing that for a while. And then that work just went away, you know. But I don't yeah. really pursue uh, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But, I mean, it's easy, fun work to do. But I don't really – it just dried up, and I don't really pursue it. Speaking here, I am was a huge fan of those games since the first one. It was just – so such a cool thing and especially you know that was uh naughty dogs like first big franchise yeah. and thinking of where they've come from from now um well before that they had crash bandicoot that was a big yeah game. and then they that's had, right this yes. was big, that was on a ps1 this was their jack and daxter was ps2 yeah, that's, right, that's right um but unlike you know like um insomniac with uh ratchet and clank they stopped making them and they moved into more mm-hmm. serious action and uh, I was wondered why they just dropped the franchise. But I mean, I did another company who came in and picked it up and did uh, another couple of games. But but yeah, no, I don't think I could do that voice anyway anymore. Because yeah. um, I can't screech like I used to do. I just, uh, my voice has gotten, you know, lower. Well, with all the... this. But there's so much technology out there now that we've seen in, in television and movies where you could record and they could they could pitch you higher, you know. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. We'll say we'll yeah. say never say never. So, <laughs> say never, never say never. It, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I wouldn't. Or even it. a movie. I mean, we've so. also seen a, like Ratchet and Clank and a couple. You know, we've seen a. Oh yeah. We, we did a whole episode on video game adaptations to film and television, and yeah, as we just had yeah. The Last of Us and you know, Uncharted, and there's been multiple properties announced coming up, both a lot of television actually announced, God of War and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You never know, nostalgic, you know, for just yeah, if yeah, a yeah. Jackson Dexter yeah, show yeah. ever came out. You know, you yeah. never know. never know. You never know. I myself never really was interested in, in adaptations of video games because I'm just, the video game, the appeal for me was playing it, not, you know, passively watching it, so... I never watched any of those, like Resident oh, Evil yeah, movies yeah. or uh, Latin yeah. movies. They're totally so different. You said you're a gamer. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big gamer. I've been a gamer for forever. You know, I love I love uh, Nintendo. I love um, Bethesda games. I love uh, all the um, oh, they're amazing. Gran Turismo. I'm playing right now. Mm-hmm. Zelda, Mario. I play. Oh, I love that. Fallout, Skyrim, Oblivion. I'm waiting oh my for gosh. Starfield to come out, and then I want to play. You are that. speaking our language <laughs> here. <laughs> really waiting for uh, Elder Scrolls Six. I hope that comes out before I'm while I'm still on this I'm planet. Sure will. Yeah. <laughs> <it's> 
Yeah. They, they need to do something over there. They, they don't make enough. They don't make games fast. They, they, they take their time. <laughs> they do. They got to do something. Farm it out. Something. I don't know. But yeah, no, I love their games. I love all those games. But that's uh, that's definitely what we like to hear because yeah, no problem. Yeah, we are huge gamers here. Um, And uh, yeah, it, it would be interesting to see if they you know, come back, even with remastering, it was kind of crazy that the um, original Jack and Dexter trilogy, uh, they remastered it for PS4. So it was kind of cool to download yeah. those and play yeah. this all again. Oh man, they just remastered the Metroid Prime. Yeah. And it was like fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Incredible. Just to um, see it on these graphics and play it in a in a way that it should be played that, you know, just, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Sure, for sure. Love it. They should. I wish they would do it more. It is. Yeah. It is incredible to see like where video games have, have come and gone, and now they're updating all not just for the console systems, but even like the handheld with the Oculus and you know the PSVR. I mean, uh, I myself just got a VR two for the PS five, and it's just incredible how virtual reality has like even come like further and further. It's crazy and yet scary right. at the same time. Make you uh, like motion sick. Still on the can, yeah. It, it can. It depends. Everyone's different. Yeah. There's a roller coaster game. That but some of the games are a little gets me a little, a little dizzy. <laughs> but that's the thing is now we're doing. We're, it's more constantly more immersive, so that you're fully in a virtual world. I would be happy playing old my old games if I, you know, if they would, you know, um, port them or update them or something like that. You know, Metroid Prime Two, Three. Yeah, we we don't need we don't need uh, remakes or carbon copies. We need to be remastering. Just keep remastering the classics. I mean, Nintendo's I doing that great. with Absolutely. the Mario platformers. Oh, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I think you're one of our our first few uh, one of our one of the few of our guests that are big gamers because we always <laughs> we always have a portion of our podcast which we'll get to. Uh, we like to test our our gamers out there. But yeah, even you know not being able to do like maybe certain voices again, but it like I said, especially with your career, we talked about in a lot of these um, gangster roles and, and and whatnot. It'd be kind of there's so many opportunities. Sky's the limit with voiceover work. And now it's crazy because of one of the positives. I like to look at the positives of everything, but some of the positives of COVID was it opened up opportunities like this, where two guys from across the country can record a podcast together, or um, having a recording studio in your at home. You don't need to go to the studio to do stuff. Right, 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 right. No, it's great. It's fantastic. I think it's um, great. But Max, you have had such an amazing, varied career. Um, but there are there, you know, at this point, are there certain roles or projects that you still want to tackle that you haven't done in the future? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I can think of some, you know, roles I'd like to play on the stage. You know, I would love to do um, Waiting for mm. Godot or... Uh, to do a David Mamet piece, maybe like Glenn Gary, Ooh, Glenn Ross, yeah. or a sexual. Oh. Um, there's a lot of stuff I'd like to. I'd like to do more Shakespeare. Um, I would love to do a, a, a lot of stuff, you know, particularly well, in films and stuff. I mean, um, I don't know. I just, I enjoy my job. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much you know, I would just like to keep doing what I'm doing and, you know, do it in a bigger and bigger way. That. We want to see yeah. more. We want to see more of you. Do you feel, I mean, I love, you seem to have a passion for it and you've been on Broadway and done many theatrical productions. Is is theater for you a, a big part of your passion for acting? Um, and obviously it's a such a distinction between 
being on stage and being in yeah. front of a camera, but do you, is that something that has always been there for you as a, a love theater? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I love doing live theater. I mean, uh, it doesn't pay very well at all. So I wouldn't want to just do that as a career completely. Um, but I always want to go back to the theater eventually just because it's a different, completely different, you know, fun experience. Um, you can't get that kind of vibe in a, in, on a film or TV thing. Theater is its own experience. You know, it's a completely different experience. I mean, I just, I love it. You know, it's live. It's in front of an audience. You know, you, you're you there every, every single night. You're with the same group of people. You know, in films, you know, you show up, you you do your work and go home. You may not even meet the other the other cast members, most of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, doing a play is like, you know, a little bit like it's like mm-hmm. camp. You know, you're all together, you're all in it together. And it's um, and you do the thing from the beginning, middle, all right through to the end. You know, it's just a completely different uh, exercise. Um and uh, I love it. I've always loved doing theater. I started out in the theater, so I would never want to think that I would never do mm-hmm. you know, a play. You know, eventually I would always want to do a play. If I could do one uh, once a year or every other year, that would be perfect. As long as I could earn a good living doing film and television, you know, I would always do go back to the theater. That. That's kind of like what we were talking about earlier of the shift of TV uh, to film and vice versa. There's kind of the paradigm of shift that we're seeing performers who you would are you know still making big movies but then taking a break to go on you know broadway and and go to to the stage i think that's incredible to see that like shows their range and you know gives them a chance to try new things but then you give like on a smaller scale people who may be a fan of their movies or to see that in that intimate space is just incredible yeah i never understand uh, uh film actors who never try it ever not even once i never got that frankly yeah. you know, I, I always have more respect for film actors who periodically will go do a play you know it's not like a big deal you know um, yeah i personally would always want to do it it's uh it's just a part of life live live performance um mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and it's a big adrenaline rush and it's a the acting experience is different oh, yeah. going right from the get from the opening Right through to the end. You know, obviously acting has been uh, your passion, your career. Have you ever had any inkling or desire to direct or step behind the camera? We've seen this uh, for a lot of actors as well, especially when it comes to like long running TV shows or stuff. They'll later in the seasons, maybe direct an episode or something. Has that something ever been something you want to do? Never really appealed mm-hmm. to me. Like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I just don't want to work that hard. <laughs> I love my job. You know, I just love acting. I don't really feel like being in charge okay. of people. Yeah, I can understand that. I'm not sure that I would try to get get a performance out of somebody, or I don't know. Just never appealed to me. I mean, if it would have come up in a sort of organic way, then I would try it. But yeah. I've produced stuff, but I haven't really felt like directing okay. anything. Well, obviously, you know, at some point we're gonna get Tulsa King season two when TBD. It's coming. Uh, are there any other projects you've already filmed or currently working on that are coming up? No, I have, have nothing to talk about in that regard. It's been a really frustrating few months. And there's a strike, the writer's strike, mm-hmm. and that's going to make everything slow down more. And I'm um, I'm not available to do other shows because I'm on Tulsa mm-hmm. King. And they have, mm-hmm. to, you know, until my contract is up, it's been really hard 
right now. I mean, since we wrapped on Tulsa King, I did a little bit of a film right after that, but it's been nothing. I'm just been I've been in like a professional purgatory right now. So I don't have anything to, to promote right now. Well, I have to say, I have to give a little shout yeah. out. We, we briefly mentioned it, but we watched Kaleidoscope in like chronological order. Right. Um, you know, I know the, the purpose of the show was to kind of, you know, you can watch it in any order and get the show as it was. But we watched it really from like the 28 years before the heist and then kept going and going. So when you popped up near the end, really, of, of the eight episodes, it was quite a treat to see this uh near the ending and that, that show I mean, again it was like a great cast and i, I love the experiment of let's try let's try telling a story in a format that yeah yeah no matter how you yeah. view it you're going to get what we wanted to tell but it might change your perspective based on the order you watch that was kind of yeah neat have you had a chance to watch that or hear you know anyone of... yeah 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 Just ridiculous, but um, I had a really good time on it. I did that just before I did oh, Tulsa okay. King. Yeah, yeah, the show was great. It was so cool. yeah, I really enjoyed it, and it was fun. I love and Max, I love your social media presence, uh, especially on Instagram. And I love you know before we had got to watch Kaleidoscope, seeing your uh, your makeup and everything. That was uh, that was I was like, oh god, this is going to get a little brutal here. Hold on, don't move. Oh, oh, <laughs> we got a little treat here, folks. He's like, I have. He's got, he's got something oh, for us. Oh, look at that. Oh my gosh, the prosthetic. Wow. I love that it's so somebody that had somebody had to weave these these eyebrow hairs one wow. by one. Wow. A woman in Los Angeles and, and the eyelashes, <laughs> that's all she does. That's her job. And she sits there with like one hair at a time oh. and she puts them in. Wow. What so. what a souvenir. I love that, that it's framed. I love you have a yeah, what a great souvenir to have. I love that. Oh, that is oh, yeah. incredible! So, for for those listening, you don't need to see us. We'll we'll we'll, we'll have to post a little <laughs> clip of that. We'll have to show yeah. you at the top. We'll have to show the little uh, surprise clip. That was that was the first time in the podcast we have a guest run with a prop. This is this is a, it's a new frontier, Max. Appreciate that. But we uh, we so appreciate you being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about your career and and all this. Um, but we can't leave go just yet. I know we've asked you a lot of awesome questions, but now Chris and I have our podcast guest questions we always have these five kind of rapid fire questions they're all about you so no math involved don't worry um and they're just kind of fun just to just, just to see what our guests feel so i'll uh, i'll kick us off with number one this is gonna be a tough one especially with your career but what would you say is your favorite or a favorite movie of yours that i've been in no that you that you, oh, that no, you no no that you like that you if it's one like, that you were in you like yeah yeah it could be oh no, yeah. period favorite movie yeah period Yes. Uh, yes. 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 Probably the Seven Samurai by um, oh. Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Oh, oh wow! That. First got to see that in a uh, world history class in uh, high school. Our teacher was like, "We're watching this movie," and I was like, "This is so awesome!" I saw it at the New Beverly. Yeah. Four hours long. It's great. It goes by like <laughs> like nothing. It's the Gibson Seven based on. Yeah. That, that's probably my all-time Love favorite. It. And what is a favorite TV series of yours or TV show? Oh, man. All in the Family, The Honeymooners, um, probably. Probably it's a toss-up between All in the Family and The Honeymooners. Well, this next question is a great one because we had such a fun discussion on it. What is your favorite video game or video game series? Oh, The Legend of Zelda 
hands down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when you mentioned that, Chris's <laughs> eyes went like that. That's my favorite game series as well. And we got the new one coming up in just a few weeks. Just... Oh, yeah, yeah. May 12th. May 12th. Here Ooh, here's the Mark in the calendar. Okay. Now, this kind of, I think, was hinted as well because not only you're a gamer, but I think you just have a, a, a love for film and television. That goes along with some of this. This is a fairly nerdy podcast as we, we do talk about a lot of different things. And uh, what would you consider your nerd level on a scale of one to 10? One being you don't know anything. 10, you know everything about every franchise, every, you know, sci fi, fantasy, all that. Where would you think you would sit uh, on a nerd scale? Probably right, right in the middle. Solid five. I know a ton, I know a ton about very specific things and huge yeah. gaps where I know nothing about the most popular stuff. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I'm very selective. I don't I don't like most games. I really I'm not somebody who plays a wide range of games. I'm very specific Niche. about what I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sometimes I'll try something new, and I'm just like, nah. You know, I I have my special, my favorite, and I still. It's a very rare and special occasion when I discover a new game that I've not had any mm-hmm. experience of before, and okay. fall in love. with you know, so it's pretty much either um, the latest iteration of an established franchise or it's something mm-hmm. old, you know, that I've played a million times and want to dip back into, you know, somehow. Yeah. But I'm not very uh, adventurous in my, you know, gaming. Are you a fan of the Western genre? I'm not. Okay. Although I've been told to play Red Dead 2. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. You, you, for <laughs> just for the. You know what I don't like about games? I don't like games that feel like oh, okay. movies. A lot of people think yeah. the opposite. But like I watch Red... I, sometimes I'll watch somebody play a game on YouTube to see if I want to try it. And I'm watching yeah, yeah. Red Dead and the opening cinematic and then the opening gameplay, I was just like, it's like a movie. And the gameplay itself didn't feel particularly mm-hmm. interesting. I, I didn't okay, get very yeah. far, but... Um, same with like God of War and stuff like that. I'm just like, nah, I don't fuck with that. I just seem like, it's like, um, it's like anything if it feels like a movie in a game, I'm okay. not interested. Okay, yeah, I'm yep. just like, skip that. Game, skip, the, I want a game I want the to, action. Be, to feel like a game, game. yeah, you know, I want it to feel like there a you go. game. I want that gamey gaminess, that gamey <laughs> goodness, you know, I don't want it to feel yeah, like yeah. a movie. And a lot of my favorite franchises died after the PS2. Like, I lo- I played the shit out of Tomb Raider and Metal Gear Solid on the PS1. Oh, such good. And, and on the PS2. And then after that, it became like they did an open world play- Metal Gear Solid. And I, and I tried it. And I hated it. Um, yeah. They get too complicated. And the other thing I can't stand now, it's because... <laughs> everything's so high mm-hmm. definition is the text is yeah. so goddamn small <laughs> for some reason. It's like, yeah, not even make it like... you're not even using the entirety yeah. of the screen. And I have to literally get up off my <laughs> ass and walk up to the TV and be like, what the fuck is this? And, and like a lot of games with, with like a lot of um, inventory and oh, a lot yeah. of stuff on the screen. Uh, and if it's yeah. really small, I'm yeah. like, I can't with this. I can't. I'm sorry. It gets yeah. complicated. Yeah, me like, out. What is that? Like it's yeah. breaking me out of it, you know. I mean, it's uh, immersion is it's out. complicated now. Yeah, there's too much. That's what Chris and I our our big complaint is some of these games. Not only they're too open world, 
there's so many damn collectibles like to, we're, we're completionists we like the trophies and stuff and like oh my yeah, god it's yeah, take forever because yeah. i gotta find hours. this and backtrack hours and, and hours. yeah oh no doubt about it oh i love it uh and uh this is our last last question here we always um chris and i love to do impressions voices with each other so we always like to have our guest uh always has a talent but give us your best impression or best voice that you can do or an impression of, of anybody i don't really have any uh, of a person <laughs> it could be a, a, a character a movie tv show it can be anything really I don't have. I'm sorry to let you down. I don't have one. That's okay. That's okay. Well, you can go and just hear his great voices right. and all the things he's done. You know, just ex- just exposed one of my 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 weaknesses. That's fine. My, oh, uh, that's all right. It's a first in the podcast, but hey, my in my tool belt. Okay, you blew us away with the fact that you're a huge gamer. So that 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 already balances yeah, out. I know you 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 already made yourself ten <laughs> points up. So you're ahead. Talk about games all day. Yeah. Oh man, so great. But yeah, I'm playing uh, Metroid Fusion mm-hmm. right now on the Nintendo Online, so I'm having a great time with that. Um, playing like Game Boy Advance games on my television, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, it's it's unreal. <laughs> it's a new frontier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. So, but anyway, that's what I'm. That Gran Turismo Seven. That's that's one that I think. Oh yeah, um, they're making a movie of or a TV show of that, that franchise. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. yeah. To me, that's no interest in that. It's a different yeah. animal altogether. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't. It's not an appeal. Like, oh, I love the game, so let me go see this movie. Not at yeah. all. It doesn't always doesn't always yeah. translate. But, uh, well, no, it does not. Unfortunately. Well, once again, Max, we thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was such a blast to talk to you. Um, for having me, it's a pleasure talking to you. If people want to follow you uh, on social media or anywhere. I'm on. Uh, I'm only on um, the Instagrams. I'm not on anything else. It's Max M A X dot Casella C A S E L L A. Go check out him on Instagram, folks. He's got some great content. But uh, yeah, we'll we're looking forward to season two of Tulsa King, and uh, we'll have to have you come back on working. just to talk only about gaming. That would that would last too long. But <laughs> yeah, we'll have a video games. We'll have a video game uh, chat. That with the max time waiting for my you know tears of the kingdom and Star- i know oh we're gonna have we're gonna have you come on for our review episode we review the yeah, game we'll do, that's what we'll, we'll do. do zelda talk we'll rank the zelda games. Love it. yeah <laughs> absolutely my pleasure all right thanks max right. take care take care thank, thank you guys have a good cool one yep. take care bye I can't believe Max Casella is such a big gamer. That, <laughs> that, that was is... the biggest, biggest surprise. And I'm really happy that we, we got that out of him. Cause when we started talking about video games, his eye, like you can't really see the video oh, yes. portion of this, but his eyes and face just lit up. <laughs> Typically that is the one category that a lot of our guests are like, I, I never really play video games. They shy away like, <laughs> and I'm always shocked that I guess uh, we're just adult men that are still acting like children. But with the video games that come out nowadays, I mean, they're so exciting. But I love also he's like, those games that come out now, they're too realistic. I don't want to play those. I want I want my games to be games. I want them to be gamey, gamey games. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I got to tell you one thing that was, was funny to think about is I remember looking up on IMDb and seeing that he had a credit for The Lion King. And I didn't even put two to two together that he was the original Timon for the Broadway cast of Lion King, which has now been out for, for years and years. 
I would listen that. to that CD over and over again. So I've heard him sing Akuna Matata and, you know, Can You Feel the Love Tonight and all that stuff. And never even thought that's Max Casella. And here you're talking to him. Uh, but yeah, what a what a broad career he's had in so many different media. And there was so much we couldn't get to talk about. Like that's I didn't true. we didn't even talk about, you know, his some of his origins, but you when you go back and look at all his body of work, it's incredible. And you know, and actually, you know, another fun fact that I thought was interesting that he kind of brought, you know, we were asking about, you know, his, you know, future endeavors. You know, he mentioned that he didn't really have desire to step behind the camera where you see a lot of performers, they want to produce or create. He's like, no, that didn't interest me. He's like, I just want to, I just want to perform. I want mm-hmm. to do the craft. And then the fact that we, you know, a lot of his work has been a lot of these kind of gangster roles, but he's been, to me, it's a role that I don't, yeah. I don't think about the person or the motivation is like, I'm not a gangster playing a gangster or thinking of, I think myself as a blue collar guy or. I'm a guy who does this. And I thought that was a really fresh take on it. Cause I, I hadn't really thought of that. And I'm like, Oh, a role is a role. It's like, if I find the role interesting, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Just a, such, such a pleasure to have him on today. And uh, what a thrill. And we cannot wait to get some news of when Tulsa King season two will premiere uh, to see more of his story and any future projects Max gets to be part of. And you heard it folks. He's a huge fan of Zelda like I am. So hopefully Maybe we'll get him on for a review of the upcoming Legend of Zelda <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. We will see. But uh, yeah, that was such a blast today. Yeah, I was like, well, yeah, maybe it could be the instead of Majora's Mask, it's Max Casella's Mask. Um, <laughs> but thanks again for joining us the podcast. We're so excited to have uh, Max on, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.